The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk about partnership marketing. Joining us is Robert Glazer, who is the founder and chairman of the board at Acceleration Partners, which is the recognized leader in global partnership marketing. And they manage programs in 40 countries for more than 170 brands, including Target, Adidas, LinkedIn, Noom, ButcherBox, and Credit Strong. Acceleration Partners' global staff of more than 250 people maintain a singular focus on delivering exceptional outcomes, and they deliver deep and data-driven expertise in key partnership marketing tactics, including affiliate, influencer, content, mass media, and B2B partner marketing. Robert is also the author of the recently published book, Moving to Outcomes. Today, Robert and I are going to talk about diversifying your marketing portfolio with partnerships. All right, here's my conversation with Robert Glazer, the founder and chairman of the board at Acceleration Partners. Robert, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks, Benjamin. Good to be here. One of our earlier guests, one of our favorite guests, excited to talk to you a little bit about partner marketing. Like I said, welcome back. I feel like it's been a while. I think it was one global pandemic since we spoke last. You know, let's not let a global pandemic get in the way. We've got to survive World War III together. That is true, sadly. Look, you're our go-to expert when it comes to things like affiliate marketing and partner marketing. But first off, I feel like I need to congratulate you. You've graduated. You're no longer the CEO of Acceleration Partners. You're now the founder and chairman of the board. Did you fire yourself? Did you decide to move on? What have you been up to lately? I did. I fired myself. I wrote about it a little bit. We brought on a private equity partner at the end of 2020 and sort of laid out our five-year growth plan. And I looked at I had a number two who was president, who's been with me for almost a decade, I think looked at objectively what the role needed, the things that I wanted to work on and decided that those necessarily weren't the same. So decided to work on the stuff that I like to work on, you know, driving our M&A strategy, new products and services, people, and let someone run the organization who was in a better position to do that. So you put down the mouse and keyboard and you picked up a pen and wrote a book. That's really what happened, right? Yeah. Although that's mostly mouse and keyboard these days anyway, but so similarly. You didn't use a typewriter, understand? Yes. It would take me five years to write a book if I used a typewriter. Probably would take me five years anyway. You decided to uh, share some expertise and you're no longer in an operating role. You're still one of the world's experts when it comes to things like affiliates and partnerships. 
So talk to me about why marketers should be diversifying their marketing portfolio with partnerships. So there's the problem and then the solution. I don't think, and this became more true after COVID, you know, we're seeing a lot of inflation everywhere, right? At the gas pump and the things that we buy and lumber. But I mean, the inflation that we don't see people talking about is as much as the inflation in digital marketing. And, you know, there's some stats flashed up, I think, in in 2021, that across the triopoly, I think it's like 60 or 70% of online ads eventually go through Amazon, Google, or Facebook. And the average price increase of those ads was by different estimates from 50, 60 to 100% in the last 18 months. And for a lot of people, this is the core of what they rely on. What we're just hearing from all these CEOs is I'm spending more money and the returns getting tighter and tighter. And I think a lot of it about like the stock market, right? I think some of these channels have kind of turned into a bond where you might lose face value, but you're going to get a marginal return. And they're not growth stocks anymore. You know, they're not people who told me they built their business on Instagram five years ago and couldn't do it today. I think we have to understand they're auctions. They're the world's biggest digital auctions and you have a lot of buyers and that has pushed the price up considerably. So one thing we saw during COVID too is that the sense of paying for outcomes is something that people tend to retreat to when things get tough. But it really opened people's eyes to, well, maybe we should be doing a lot more of this. Why aren't we partnering people, tracking that, paying for outcomes? And I think it's just been a real kind of reopening or weakening to the whole channel. I think if I sort of had to bifurcate marketing into brand advertising and performance marketing, right? Most people are thinking if I do brand advertising, I'm going to get awareness. I'll hopefully build some credibility and people will find my website through other channels and I'll get to recognize the value in organic growth. And then in performance marketing, I'm going to be paying for, like you said, outcomes. If I go to Facebook, if I go to Google, I give a dollar, I get $2 back six to eight weeks later, I recognize the return. It's very easy to track. And what you're talking about is essentially a, a third category here where you're not going to the platforms for auctions, but still finding ways to do that performance-based marketing. Talk to me about what you mean by partnership marketing and how does that bridge the gap between some of the brand building exercises and some of the PPC type stuff? I think you made a really better argument than I did there around. And one thing we need to touch on that we talk about in the book is the why, right? And a lot of that brand marketing came about because a company made a product and sold it at wholesale. You know, they didn't sell it. The vast majority of brands and the growth in DDC brands now have their own store. So if you look at where the budgets have been going, it's not like brand has gone away, but there's been a dramatic shift from people just want, looking to spend brand dollars to performance dollars. So now we get into performance though. And obviously the difference between performance and partnership, I always say is like, you're going to pay for your mistakes in performance. You can just measure them. The whole concept of affiliate and partner marketing is rather than going and buying from a single source of traffic, it is engaging a whole bunch of, of relationships, which may have some brand value to using technology to manage and scale those. So you can turn them into a channel and actually only paying when you get the outcome that you want. I mean, if you went to most folks in the organization, maybe they understood the nuances of affiliate marketing. We can talk about the difference between affiliate and a partner. And you said, look, Mr. Mrs. Marketer, how would you like to pay for your marketing after you get your sale? Most people would say, yeah. And when their budgets are really restricted, <laughs> they're more likely to say, yeah. So that was the interesting thing is affiliate marketing and partnership marketing got on the radars of a lot of exec suites in March, April, and May of 2020, where they just didn't really realize how it could be used. And when they were 
scared to spend anything, any money that was away from conversion. They were never afraid to pay for revenue on a guaranteed basis. Yeah, you know, I saw a similar thing when COVID decided to unearth itself where everyone cut their marketing budgets. We saw it here with our sponsors. You know, some people were saying, even though you ran campaigns, we're still not going to pay you after you've done the work. We're just going to hold on to all of our cash. But we also saw people were just taking away performance marketing budgets. I don't want to spend money on variable expenses. So what they did was they doubled down on things like organic growth and SEO So help me understand the value of partnership marketing as opposed to performance marketing and SEO for people who are thinking about diversifying, knowing that obviously the world's a little bit of a strange place right now. We hopefully have got through the global pandemic and we're into the epidemic phase, but we're also dealing with economic uncertainty and inflation here in the United States. Diversification is important for protecting yourself. Why partnership marketing? Most forms of performance marketing are still input-based. You are paying for an impression, you are paying for a click, and you are competing for that in a super liquid auction where everyone can see what you're doing and just pay a little bit more if they want to. So it becomes really hard to maintain a competitive advantage in that sort of environment. That is the fundamental difference from partnership marketing where you can't just go bid more. It's like SEO versus PPC. Creating those relationships, nurturing those relationships, setting them up, agreeing on a rate card. Like you can't just go outspend someone doing that overnight. And that's the problem. You know, you hear someone figure out an audience or a profile that works really well, and then it's burned out in a week or two as everyone uses all their competitive technologies (laughs) to figure out what it is that they're doing. So if you study auctions, and I talk a little bit about this in the book and auction theory, it's better for sellers. It's always worse for buyers. There was a study that like, I think people on eBay paid 70% more for the same item on the auction side of the business versus the fixed price side of the business. And this is what we need to understand. If all of those platforms that have 70% market share, 100% of that is sold at an auction. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know. Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. 
So talk to me about how partnership marketing works for people that are just getting started. If I'm thinking about diversifying, I want to move away from the uncertainty of the PPC platforms. What are the things I need to know to get started in partnership marketing? I'm going to use partnership marketing broadly. I think it contains affiliate marketing. A lot of people are acting like they're different. To me, it's the industry has just become much bigger and in partnership marketing is the umbrella. I think an affiliate, what was affiliate marketing is still part of that. The difference was the notion of affiliate marketing was there was a very specific type of partner that you worked with, people that were out there that were sort of professional affiliates. And there was this affiliate network technology for years that helped track, measure, and pay these relationships. Well, then that software started expanding. And rather than necessarily working with a network that had the software, you could license the software and you could build your own program and you could pull your affiliate program in. And then you could start looking at all the other business development things that they were doing. So that's just the basis of it, right? There is someone out there with audience traffic or influence and influencers fall under this that you are interested in working with. And you are not going to pay them on an impression. You're not going to pay them on a sale. Maybe an influencer you might, or aspects you might pay for a certain feature or some content, but you are going to agree to a rate per lead or per sale. And you're going to set them up with a system that tracks measures and pays in real time. And you're going to get that relationship going. And then you're going to work on the next one. And then unlike a business development department, that's got to push a lot of paper and check deals or otherwise, When you think about partner automation technology, the ability to manage hundreds, if not thousands of relationships using software is what's the real game changer from bringing all these things that were affiliate marketing and business development and partnerships kind of all together into one channel. I appreciate that you're defining the partnership marketing. And honestly, I think affiliate is a large part of partnership marketing, not the entire thing, but it's also the part that gets a bad rap or has a little bit of a bad reputation. Right. We think about affiliates, we think about we don't know where the traffic is coming from and we're paying for desired outcomes, but you have to validate whether they're real. But there's also the notion of working with influencers and having strategic partners that you're just building in the same technology you would for essentially the unknown partners. And you're working with people that have influence and you're putting structure into those agreements. And so that's what we're kind of classifying as partnership marketing. I guess the other question I have for you is who's it for? You know, I'm sitting here thinking, well, we sell sponsorship packages in the tens of thousands of dollar range, and we do content as a service in the hundreds of thousands of dollar range. I'm about to onboard a a sales staff to go out and do outreach to sell them. Is there a way that I can work as an affiliate or work with affiliates or partner marketing to be able to scale my media business? Or is this something that's specifically tailored towards e-commerce? No, I think this is what we're seeing with the growth in it. And, And I think it's the licensed software that really changed the economics. So there's two things that didn't change in almost two decades in affiliate marketing. And I think it it held the industry back. One was the performance fee model, which this was when people work with networks that the way that you work with someone is not that you buy their software, but you pay a 20 or 30% fee for the use of it. And then the other was sort of this co-branded relationship where you rent it and partner with someone you don't own it. That would make some of these other scenarios. So in an organization, one group had the affiliate program. And then let's say there was a BD team, you know, or something like that, or a sports team, and it's Nike, and they're working with LeBron James. And LeBron says, I'd love to have my sneakers on my website. I'm not going to run a store. I don't want to stock them. So I'm just going to product feed and you'll pay me 20% of everything and I'll link to them. Well, they know LeBron. They work with LeBron. It would be great to have this track measured and paid through this automated affiliate network that they had over here. 
but they don't want to push LeBron onto something where other people can sign him and it's not theirs and pay 20 to 30% on that. That's way too expensive to just handle the administrative things of it. Now with these software programs that they're able to license to do the same thing, they say, so what did they end up doing in that case? They ended up giving him a code or a Google UTM parameter, and then someone pulled a spreadsheet and then they would print that report and send it to his team. And then they would send an invoice, like super non-scalable, but the alternative was paying 30% of what they would pay to LeBron. And that's also way too expensive for just the automation piece. So this is what's opened it up and it really opens it up to anything. Like if you found people that have the audience that you wanted and there's even B2B software now, they could send you leads. They could do the work on their own. You could track them in their CRM system as they closed in your Salesforce instance, the partner would be paid and compensated through those systems. That's where the technology's got, not just to have to work in a shopping cart. It used to be you needed something to be sold online because that was the automatic way to track it. Well, now these systems from Impact or PartnerStack or elsewhere are actually even working on a B2B basis into CRM systems. So it's almost like you can build an outside Salesforce. Now, you just want to go where someone already has the audience or the awareness that you really need, because then they're more likely to be successful. What I'm hearing is there was a landscape shift moving away from a services model taking 20% of commission for a sale more towards a SaaS model where there's a fixed monthly fee for the underlying technology. And whether you're white labeling it or not, I guess is irrelevant, but you could basically create your own affiliate program and have cost certainty for building the program and then have recognize all the upside as you're selling more. And it's also proprietary. So the example I think that illuminates this for people is that let's imagine Salesforce gave you Salesforce, right? And they said, look, we're going to charge you 30% of every lead that you close from Salesforce. Now, the assumption would be that they're putting leads into the system, right? Because why else would you pay 30%? It's way too much for the software. And they probably put those same leads in other people's system. Who do they think they are? Apple? <laughs> right. And look, the network model makes a lot of sense for a lot of organizations, but that is not dissimilar to the network model. Where if you said, look, if I'm using your software and you're filling it with leads and I'm closing them 23, that's fine. If I'm going to be bringing the leads and I'm just using your software, there's no way I'm paying 30%. Like I'll pay you 50 bucks a month. And by the way, I don't want what's in my Salesforce and my leads to be shared with anyone else who's using Salesforce. And so that's what a private program is too. Like I'm going to recruit people and I'm going to do the work and they're mine. Obviously in a shared model, like in sort of the WeWork model, there are always benefits and draws. In shared, you're going to get more publishers, you're going to find them. But then if you bring a publisher into a platform, you're making them available to everyone, right? So this is a little bit like what happened with programmatic kind of moving to private. I think these programs, at least for the enterprise brands, they're like, look, I'm going to recruit my partners. I want to keep them private. I want to hold them. And I want to build my own program around that and wrap it with technology. So I guess the, you know, I'll use the example of a non-e-commerce. I'll use our, our sponsorship program or our content as a service program where we're building podcasts for other brands, right? If I wanted to go and scale that through partnership marketing, does a company like mine, who's a non-traditional model, have the ability to go find and recruit affiliates? Like, are there people out there that are able to sell podcast content as a service through an affiliate or a partnership program? Or do I have to go create my own network to take advantage of this channel? It's probably a little bit of both. 
this is where I think it's using the word partner instead of affiliates helpful because it's like, where are you going to go find partners that could do that? Well, you might find that there's a sales guy at Lisbon who you know talks to hundreds of podcasts a day and they're asking him about people that can help with backend and production and recruiting. And you say to him, Hey, let me set you up with an account on this. Like instead of even giving my name, why don't you give him this link and it'll track it automatically and I'll pay you X amount per converted lead. Or when they sign up for a service, we can track it that way. And then conversely, I'm on your podcast, right? And then you're talking about my book and you put an Amazon link to it. And then you're a publisher in that translation saying, Hey, Bob just wrote the best book ever. Go buy it. Well, Amazon will pay you 6% for any sale that you drive to that. So that's a good case of where you can embed something like this on both sides. I think there's lots of different ways to take advantage of partner marketing. I think the real question is how much effort it takes to not only cultivate your own partnerships as opposed to going and reaching people that are existing, let's call them affiliates in this channel. And, and that's really what we're going to dig into in the rest of my conversation with Robert over the rest of the week. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Robert Glazer, the founder and chairman of the board at Acceleration Partners. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Robert and I are going to discuss how to make partnership marketing scalable. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Robert, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Robert underscore Glazer. That's R-O-B-E-R-T underscore G-L-A-Z-E-R. Or you can visit his website, which is robertglazer.com. And on robertglazer.com, you can go to robertglazer.com slash outcomes to purchase a copy of his book, which is called Moving to Outcomes. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter or you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J. S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.